North Carolina hosted a whole crop of recruits over the weekend on their official visits. Things went really well, and one of them decided to go ahead and offer his verbal commitment. Who is it, and what does he bring to the table? Ah, oh, you better know we're going to have to get into the show to figure that one out. And good news, John Garcia Jr. is here as he is every week to help us do just that, right here on today's episode of Locked on Tar Heels. You are Locked on Tar Heels, your daily podcast on the UNC Tar Heels, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, it's Thursday, May 26, 2022. Welcome into the Locked on Tar Heels podcast. I'm your host, Isaac Shade, beat writer for Sports Illustrated's All Tar Heels website, and I want to thank you for making Locked on Tar Heels your first listen or your first watch every single day. Please remember that we are free and available everywhere you get podcasts, so make sure you go subscribe right now. If you're watching on YouTube, hit that subscribe button, smash the like button, and leave some comments as we unpack these recruits and what you think about them. So let's get right on into it, talking with John Garcia Jr. Oh, it is always a great day here on Locked on Tar Heels when we are joined by the one and only John Garcia Jr., Director of Football Recruiting for Sports Illustrated. John, it is great to have you on as always. North Carolina this week had several recruits in over the weekend. And so actually before we dive into talking about any of them, what I'd love to start with is just asking what the vibe is when a whole crop of recruits come in together like that over the summer. It's a great question, Isaac. And I think the last thing you said is the key, right? Over the summer. So mm. spring football is done. There's no game planning. There's no game event to build around. There's no spring practices where it's like, ah, I got to go do this for a few hours. You guys like hang out with the support staff. No, no, no. This is purely for recruiting. So I do think in general, it's a great time of year to host official visitors. But then when you start to pair them together, now, all of a sudden, you're doing these group activities and you have 100% of Mac Brown and everyone else's attention from the head coach all the way on down uh, to the person that's, you know, feeding you, uh, you know, at different points of the day, at many points <laughs> yeah. of the day for some of the big guys that, that visited <laughs> UNC. So yeah. it, it's a great time of year to host a chunk of visitors. Uh, and then kids visiting together always resonate a little bit more because now mm. – you're not only comparing notes with your mom or your dad or your high school coach or whoever's on the visit with you when you do go see them after the you know prospect only activities no you're with these other guys every step of the way if you go to a party when you go to eat when you're driving around whatever it is at the stadium putting on the uniform now you can compare notes with other recruits who have their own experiences own group of schools that they're looking at and oftentimes it galvanizes the program that is hosting the recruits at that moment because now it's like, man, you know, this 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 Carolina blue looks nice on me. That looks good on you too. You know, it's just it's just kind of it goes back to that simple human element of of community. Like we're doing this together, uh, and it does not hurt ever. I've never heard a kid say, "Man, I hated that they had other kids visiting, and it wasn't okay. just me." I've never heard a kid say that in twelve years. So I'm pretty sure it's it's never the case. So I was going to ask you about the positive first, but let's go to that negative. So rarely, it sounds like if ever has a school dropped a ball in a situation like this, where the, the guys are off talking, they're like, dude, this sucks. Let's, like, we're not coming here. <laughs> yeah. I mean, 
especially with an official visit for for a camp day or an unofficial a game day look we have heard kids say man like there was a hundred kids there i only got two minutes with coach x and you know am i a priority i don't know with an official visit it's 48 hours on the school's dime so every meal is is just bigger and better everything's a little bit more five-star experience like anyway so even though it's a big group it's not a hundred kids it was you know five or six so it's it's five or six families it's it's manageable from the coach's standpoint uh so it's it's not going to distract away from you know uh, a million kids at the game with a million meals and a game day and all this other stuff going on it's really hard to find a whole lot of downside the only the only way you can i guess hypothetically conceive it is if you're two players at one position where maybe they're only taking one more kid, so you're like, well, I'm a running back, you're a running back, they got one spot. Hmm. You know, in that regard, yeah, I think there could be a little bit of competitiveness that brews, but hey, maybe that helps the, the staff evaluate which one to take if all things yeah. are even. So there's, there's really, you have to really try to conceive some negative things to, to come out of this. I mean, maybe the students not being there is a downside because, sure. you know, you don't get some of that atmosphere, but you yep. know, it's Chapel Hill, man. It's going to yeah. be fine. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Th- I'm glad you, so glad you brought that up about um, position battles because that was something else I wanted to ask about. Will, will they, will schools do that? Or um, is that, not a thing they want to do since that means probably one of them isn't coming, but that, that being able to compare head to head like that in one weekend, is that, is that a thing people will try to do? I, I don't know if they'll try to do it, but at certain positions, you're not going to tell a kid, well, don't visit this weekend. Cause you want to get them on campus. So sure. I've, I've seen situations where even quarterbacks uh, have visited over the same weekend. Uh, I, I was told uh, two running backs, that were high up on Alabama's board visited together. And the second one left seeing more attention on the, the other back. I'm not going to name names here. Sure, the second sure, sure, one sure. said, said, hey, um, that guy was getting a lot more attention than me. So he started to say, well, maybe I'm not a big deal priority for Alabama. He's already committed to, to another school. So <laughs> those, those things can happen. Um, but again, it's, it's just hard for the school to say, you know, hey, you're a big time recruit. Uh, and you you want to come this weekend? No, 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 don't come this week. It just doesn't happen a whole lot um, in, in the process. But yeah, in certain situations, it could be either revealing or a negative if there's limited spots relative to a position. That's so interesting. All, all the games you got to play. Now, what about from the recruit side? Well, some of the let's say uh, you and I are big time recruits, which you legitimately are. <laughs> Me, no, absolutely not. But let's say you and I are both uh, big time. Um, defensive guys would we get together or our parents and say hey i'm gonna go to chapel hill this weekend you guys want to go for your official on that same weekend and then go and have that experience together does that happen yeah that's the flip side of it right where you you want to you know combine with other recruits you know i know we talked about uh legend cavazos and uh the defensive lineman uh, jacoby cowan Cowan, visiting together you know that really helped kind of set the tone for both of them. Now that's a, you know, the transfer process, but it happens sure. in recruiting all the time as, as well. Um, and, and oftentimes I've seen old linemen do it together. Um, mm-hmm. DBs do it together too, because in certain positions, there's so many mouths to feed. There's a lot of spots available. So you can do that without maybe that, you know, that quarterback or running back where it's a more specific and finite number of guys, you know, you can do it at other positions and, and yeah, you want to experience things together. There's been, 
a lot of relationships between recruits that have been cultivated on official visits. Like, hey, I took this official with him and like we were friends ever since, you know, so that that does happen. And package deals do happen. There's a, a duo in Alabama that want to play together um, at Montgomery Carver High School. Uh, there's a Juco corner and a quarterback in this class, the Rashada mm -hmm. brothers who want to try to play together if at all possible. So it, it gets a little bit more cut and dry with that. Uh, as well as it could grow organically uh, on visits as well. So it's, it's again, it's, it's hard to find a lot of downsides in bringing elite recruits in at the same time. Yeah. And I, I feel that, that story you told of um, guys who, you know, in this area of social media, there's so many guys who maybe haven't interacted. Maybe they just haven't been at a camp together yet or something, but they've had a lot of back and forth on social media and finally get that face-to-face -face meeting and then you're bros and, and ready to go. And man, you love those stories for sure. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's good to be coveted in general, but when you're coveted again together and you both kind of realize it, it's it's one of those unique and, and very cool things that a lot of people never get to experience. So I do think that while they're young and while it's overwhelming and there's a lot going on, a lot of variables, they do, you know, stop and, and smell the roses and recognize, hey, you know, this is this is pretty darn cool. So uh, yeah. again, it's it's hard to yeah. find some downsides. Yeah, that's so great. Well, we want to get into talking about some of these actual recruits, who they were, all on the defensive side today, one of whom, in fact, has even already committed to North Carolina this week. And we'll talk about that in just a moment. But first, let me tell you a little bit about Built Bar. I love brownies. But you know what I love even more than brownies? Not quite yet brownies. Yeah, that's right. I love to eat all the brownie batter before I even pop them in the oven. And so imagine if you could lick that spatula, get all the brownie batter off of it. Well, that's exactly what you're going to get with Built Bar's brownie batter puffs. And not only that, but you're going to be able to get some protein in too. And so that's it. You heard me right. This puff takes protein bars to a whole new level and they're available right now on Built.com. Have you tried any Built Puffs yet? If not, I don't know what you're waiting on, but you need to get into it. Built Puffs are a chocolate-covered marshmallow covered in 100% real chocolate. And these brownie batter puffs have just 140 calories, only 7 grams of sugar, and they have 17 grams of protein. That's great. So you need to get these pick-me-ups right now. And because of the 100% real chocolate, you can eat healthy and enjoy doing so. Don't forget that these puffs are made with collagen protein, which your body absorbs more efficiently and provides tons of health benefits. So go to built.com and get these brownie batter puffs right now. And while you're there, use promo code LOCKED15 and you're going to get 15% off that order. Again, that's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. I want to encourage you to make sure you check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast. The biggest stories of the day, instant reactions, big game recaps, and our Locked On take of the day. As all the shows are, it's free and available anywhere you get podcasts, including Odyssey. Check it out, the video version on YouTube and anywhere else. Here on Locked On Tar Heels today, joined as we are every week by John Garcia Jr., bringing all his great football recruiting insights. And now we're going to turn our attention to one of these young men who was on campus in Chapel Hill this past weekend and who went ahead and said, I like what I see. I'm pulling the trigger. Let's do it. And that is defensive lineman Joel Starlings. John, let's talk a little bit about Mr. Starlings. 
Yeah, a, a big old defensive lineman from yes. Virginia uh, who could do a lot of things. You know, he's, he's really interesting to watch on tape. Over 300 pounds, but he's kind of nimble. Uh, great motor as well. Two things we don't really associate with those bigger interior defensive linemen, but you can see why he was so coveted when he does start to put things on tape together. You know, he's a good athlete, uh, very quick. I'd say quicker than fast, certainly. Mm -hmm. He's good laterally, uh, and and he's got a lot of upper body strength, and I think that's what's really intriguing when you talk about interior guys, particularly when you move to a 3-4. You need to occupy blockers, right? Uh, And I think that's something that he could do, broad-shouldered cat. Uh, so he's certainly one that that fits what North Carolina wants to do uh, on the defensive front. Uh, and then, you know, one of the plays that really kind of struck me was, you know, he's on the backside of a play. He is pursuing. I mentioned the good motor. Uh, the running back cuts back and beats his outside linebacker. Hmm. Uh, and here's Starling's 300. And I don't know, you, you put the math on it, 300 plus pounds, let's say. There he is in the open field making a tackle. And he, he actually stripped the ball like he went for the ball. <laughs> So it's, you know, he's, he's got some playmaker in him, yeah. even outside of, of the conventional box that you would want to put a 300-pounder a in. So there's a lot of intrigue there. Good competition up there uh, in that area as well, which is always good. I believe he's an mm-hmm. 804 kid. I was going to say 757. I think he's an 804 kid. So, you know, that that is always a, a plus when you're talking about bringing in guys who can maybe make an impact sooner rather than later. So uh, on tape, this is a really nice get for UNC. Love to hear that. And, and, in, in a scheme like Gene Chizik's where you just want guys to make plays, how great to hear that even an, an interior lineman can get out and do that when needed to be called upon for that, especially a dude, as you said, who is 6'5", over 300 pounds. Like the, the, the type of athletes we're seeing in this day and age are just mind-boggling, John. Like <laughs> crazy. Yeah, so, yeah, it's, so, it's, they're a different game. It, it absolutely. I mean, it, goodness, even just in our lifetimes, you look back and it's like, they, these are not the dudes we were seeing when we were younger. And so um, Starling becomes the third commit in North Carolina's class. And yet another time that Mac Brown has dipped into Virginia. I know there's a big border that they share and real big emphasis on keeping in-state elite talent in-state. But then he's also making a habit now of hopping a little bit north and bringing those guys down to Chapel Hill. What, what, what's going on there? Well, look, I mean, both, both major programs in the state of Virginia are, are in a transition, right? You know, uh, Brent Pry, Tony Elliott at, at, at those two schools, you know, VT and Virginia, Virginia in particular. Look, it's new coaching staffs. It's year one. They're trying to establish something. And no disrespect to them, but that takes time. You know, they've got Absolutely. to build – their recruiting footprint and then and for hopefully for their sakes follow it up with success uh, in the ACC schedule so it just kind of worked out where Virginia's always got talent and UNC's been in on some of these guys for quite some time uh, so I, I think that was part of the reason why you know this commitment went down but really if, if you look at Starlings in particular there was buzz for Michigan there was buzz for other schools yeah. beyond that that ACC footprint yep. Uh, yep. so it was a big win not only regionally but even outside the region this was I don't think this was an expected verbal commitment in terms of the timeline. So no. again, another another positive towards getting early official visits, uh, especially when there's not a whole lot going on, because you could really focus in on, on some of these prospects and their families, and you could get an immediate return thereafter. Yeah, absolutely, and and that's a great point there because everything I had been reading about Starlings 
was that he was going to spread this out into the fall, had um, officials scheduled for West Virginia coming up in about a week, South Carolina, Virginia in the fall, an unofficial to Oklahoma in June, and then an official to Oklahoma in the fall. And so um, I know we so often hear like, it's great to be the last one in the door and get to make your closing argument, but what 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 turns a kid from being like, hey, I'm going to stretch this thing out to now all of a sudden I'm committing after my first official. Yeah, a lot of kids, you know, Isaac, talk about that feel. They're like, man, I just want to feel it. Like, it's like, when are you committing? Oh, I don't know, but when I know, I will know. Uh, and I think that is is the feeling kids talk about during the recruiting process. And again, what's different about an official visit, an unofficial visit, you go for a game, right? You're there at 10 a.m. You, you get there, you get your lanyard, you maybe tour a little bit, you get a meal, and then the game starts. So you're not even dealing with coaches most of the time. And then the game's over, and maybe you get some time, especially if they win, you get a couple minutes with, with some coaches. And then you go home and talk about it in the car with whoever you came with. And that's kind of it. With an official visit, again, this is 48 hours. So there's daily check-ins with your family, with your your coaches. Whoever you you bring in with you for those intimate visits, now you're like, well, dang, that, that was, you know, Keenan was great. Or, hey, you know, I really, man, I really liked this more than I thought. So now you're checking in periodically as opposed to one big, okay, how was it at the end of the trip? Now you're doing that throughout the day and certainly at night back at the, at the hotel, at a nice hotel, by the way. So you're <laughs> able to, you're able, you're with your support system on these trips and you're able to confide in them immediately and really dig into it. And then you sleep on it. And you do the same thing the next day. So if you sleep on it and the next day you're like, I'm kind of getting that feeling, mom. You know, now all of a sudden you, you get the blessing right there because they're experiencing it. You're not having to explain what is going on, what you're seeing, because they are there experiencing it with you. That's why schools push for official visits at certain times of the year. Uh, and again, I keep saying it, without a whole lot going on, it's often looked at added as well it's not going to be a whole, very entertaining for the kid well yeah it might not be super entertaining from a party perspective but you're also getting a hundred percent of the time with people who you're going to potentially live with and or around if you do go to this college so there's there's a flip side to it and then when you think of the adults in the room the family members the coaches that stuff really resonates more with that group so it's really a time for for everyone to to be all in and if everyone's got the feeling you're probably going to pull the trigger regardless of your schedule because you, you haven't found it to that point uh, enough to make a commitment elsewhere. So it's obviously unique and important and galvanizing. And again, you sleep on it on top of that. So it's usually sort of has its own checks and balances within the visit. Yeah. And there, there's there got to be something for I think you and I maybe have talked about this before, but these guys have been the bell of the ball for a long time now. They, they've seen the parties. They've done the thing it's time to get down to business. And I, I don't, in some ways, I even as a recruit am more glad to just let's make this about football. Let's make this, as you often say, a business decision. See what I need to see with the people I'm going to be around all the time and then pull the trigger if it's right. 100%, you know, and, and spots are filling up too. And the portal's crazy. That's great. And yeah. numbers are limited. So I, I think on the flip side, there's, there's also this sense of, you know, not only am I stressed and a little overwhelmed because all these millionaire coaches are calling me, but like, hey, if I know School X is only taking a certain amount of kids or they're active in the portal like North Carolina is, 
you might say, hey, if I don't grab this spot now, yeah. it might not be here in a couple months. Yeah. And I'm not saying that's the case for Starlings, but that sure, does sure. come up come up with early commitments. I, I've talked to multiple quarterbacks that are like, I need to lock in my spot in mm -hmm. June at, as yeah. early as possible. Uh, so we're going to see a bunch of quarterbacks commit in the month of June. So there is a sense of, again, going back to that business where you're like, I need to lock in where I'm going or at least feel good enough about a school to make a commitment and maybe take a few other visits to to check that decision. But again, you want to lock that in on the front end more times than not. So it's yeah. again, it's it's a good it's good for all parties involved, uh, but certainly on the business end, it makes a lot of sense. How often I'm hoping the answer to this is rarely, if ever, but how often do coaching staffs play that game of like, hey, you better commit this weekend or this deal's off the table because uh, you know, the next guy in line is coming in next weekend. Like, does that happen? It does happen. There's there's no way around that. How often, you know, obviously we don't know the exact number, uh, but it happens relatively consistently. I don't think you're seeing that a lot right now, maybe with certain positions. Again, we mentioned the running back situation at Alabama. Maybe something like that. It's a There is a bit of a take it or sure. leave it feel. Uh, but typically that happens a little bit later in the cycle when the numbers are more clear and it's like, hey, we can take yeah. one more high school kid. You know, we'd like for it to be you, but we'd understand if, if you, you need more time. But this is the situation. There's a certain way you can present it. It's just like when a school wants a kid to move on and decommit because they no longer value him the same way or another prospect is, is more interested than they had initially thought. You know, there's ways to navigate that the right way. Uh, but it kind of sucks no matter what, you know, when, when these people who have more power are able to sort of use it, right? Just use that power uh, to, to force you to make a decision as a 17-year-old a little bit sooner than you want to. It, it does happen. It is rare. Uh, but this time of year, it's not very prevalent, which is nice. Nice. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And and these guys are pros. They do it all the time. They they can say it without being tools or jerks or whatever when right. when the right. time is right. So. Awesome. That's good. Well, Mr. Starlings is a verbal commit to Carolina. Obviously, you got to wait till he actually signs on the dotted line for it to be 100%. But there is good movement now with the class of 2023 starting to get some commits. And we're going to talk about two more of these visitors from this past weekend to Chapel Hill in just a moment. But first, here's a couple ads for you. All right, back here on Locked on Tar Heels with John Garcia Jr. We're going to talk now about two more of these young men who came to visit Chapel Hill this past weekend, and that is Jamal Jarrett from Greensboro and Joshua Mickens from the Indianapolis area. Uh, John, let's start with Jarrett, because this dude is a dude, and, and it seems like all the big names, all the big dogs are in on him. Why is that? Uh, this is a people mover. I mean, it, it's really simple. I mean, uh, Jared is is a ferocious interior defensive lineman uh, who's just excellent at the point of attack. He's 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six, but he really works leverage well for a, a guy that size. Uh, and he could just he could push the pocket and collapse it as well as uh, any interior defensive lineman in this class. So, yeah, naturally his offer list is is wild and growing by the day. And uh, yeah, everybody wants him, but look, he's in-state guy for UNC. He's been there, I don't know, a hundred times at this point. Uh, this is this is going to be maybe the toughest in-stater to keep in-state, but uh, North Carolina is doing everything you know on their end and on the front end to to keep in that race. Yeah, who at this point, who do you think would be the front runner for his services? 
I mean, Georgia's got a lot of buzz with him. You know, the last time I saw him was in Atlanta for a camp, and he was, was kind of lit up talking about the Bulldogs. They were fresh mm-hmm. off of a national title, which is understandable. But, but look, whether it's Clemson, Auburn, Alabama, uh, you know, he still lights up when he talks about UNC. That, that's kind of the, the, the home school, the hometown school for him. Uh, and I think taking an official visit says a lot there because he didn't have to. He knows – the ins and outs of Chapel Hill, but again, getting the family on board uh, is, is always important because uh, he's obviously visited more than they have. So I do think it, it stamps that, that, hey, Caroline is going to be in this race until he's ready to decide. And there's not an indication that he's ready to pop just yet. So that's probably a good thing for North Carolina because that longstanding familiarity could resonate even as other programs ebb and flow in and out of his top schools. Yeah. And as you've said, in this era of the transfer portal, you want to stay in the game as long as you can, uh, because who knows what could happen down the road, especially being the hometown team. 100%. Like I said, I mean, he's double digit visits to Carolina already. He's been a priority forever. He knows it. They know it. Uh, so, so that certainly doesn't hurt. You know, we saw uh, Jacoby come back home, uh, you know, from Ohio State. Uh, just just earlier this this off season, so yeah, that stuff matters in the portal, and it matters in recruiting too. Things change in, in a heartbeat in recruiting, so it's not just about winning those races. Staying in the thick of it is a big deal. Um, but look, obviously, you know you'd like to get him on the front end too, and, and him <laughs> taking his first his first OV to Carolina, I do think says something about you know how he feels about the program. Yeah, that's great. Well, we've got just a couple minutes before I need to let John go. John, thank you, as always, for your time. And so let's talk then about Joshua Mickens out of the Indianapolis area and Edge Guy. What, what does it look like things are going with him? Well, Carolina's in great shape uh, for him. You know, I, I believe he told 24-7 Sports that UNC is his leader following this official visit. So that's a huge deal, uh, especially for a kid really outside of the region. Indianapolis is not <laughs> yeah. one that... Carolina has, I don't know if there's an Indy native on, on their roster without looking. Uh, so that's an interesting deal. Big time edge rushing prospect who's really a national recruit. USC, Michigan State, Purdue, the in-state school, a lot of schools involved in this kid's recruitment. So it's the opposite of Jarrett, where Jarrett, you're like, hey, take your time. You know us. We've been here forever. We'll be here in the end. You know, with Mickens, it's like, hey, if you want to commit sooner, all good, because Carolina's leading uh, and, and he's probably going to take officials elsewhere. This was also his first official visit. So you wonder how those trips get set up, particularly USC with just the national buzz that they've received under Lincoln Riley. You wonder how that will resonate. But sooner the better for Carolina with Mickens. And obviously they did a great job uh, over the weekend. Yeah, absolutely. And so with, with somebody like that, that you know has these other big time visits that he can take, uh, does the coaching staff then follow up a little a little more closely and consistently on the back end of a trip? Absolutely, especially when you declare a leader. I, I do think that changes a lot gotcha. about how the coaching staff sees you because, I mean, look, college coaches hit us all the time because, you know, they hear one thing, but they want to know what they're telling the folks who aren't wearing their colors. And, and you know, when it's kind of confirmed like that and, and you know, in bold, it does bring another level of, of consistency from the coaches staff because they want to stay in that pole position as long as possible through a, a verbal commitment. So curious to see how those dates are set up. And, and you, you bet that they'll be checking in after the, any other visit just to see, hey, are, you know, are we still number one? What, what, are, we, what are we looking at here? Uh, and I think that'll be fascinating to track going forward. 
Love to hear it. John, as always, thank you. So Joel Starlings, verbally committed to North Carolina. They're the leaders for Joshua Mickens right now. Got to reel him on in. And then some work to do with Mr. Jamal Jarrett, but he's a hometown kid. Maybe the Tar Heels can overcome Kirby Smart and the Bulldogs. Unlikely, but you never know. John Garcia Jr., as always, thank you, my friend. Great to be with you. Always a pleasure, man. Take care. You too. Have a great day. That's it for today's episode of Locked on Tar Heels. My thanks to John Garcia Jr. as always for joining us and all his great intel and insights about who these recruits are and the recruiting process. Coming up tomorrow to wrap up our week, last week you might recall on Friday we had an interview with incoming freshman basketball player Jalen Washington. Well, we're just keeping that train moving and tomorrow we've got incoming freshman Tyler Nickel joining the show. So excited to have Tyler on. Thank you all so much for making Locked on Tar Heels your first listen or your first watch of the day. Please, if you would, go and subscribe to the show. Don't forget to smash that like button. You can follow the show on Twitter at Locked on Heels. You can follow John Garcia Jr. at John Garcia underscore Jr. And you can follow me at Isaac Shade, I-S-A-A-C-S-C-H-A-D-E. Now, let me encourage you to make Locked On NBA Big Boards your second listen of the day. Raphael Barlow, Richard Stamen, Sam Ferris, and Leif Thulin give fans an in-depth look into the biggest prospects, mock drafts, player rankings, and of course, big boards. So follow Locked On NBA Big Board every day. Listen to it on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or anywhere else you get podcasts. Thanks so much for joining me for a great Thursday conversation. I hope you're having a great day, and I hope you continue to have a great day. You know why? Because it's always a great day to be a Tar Heel. Until tomorrow, peace. Peace.